1: What is up, DMV Hoops fans? Welcome to another Believe in DMV Hoops podcast. I've got the great coach Steve Turner joining me here today. Uh, Steve, you're as good as it gets for for high school basketball, not just in this area, but honestly, nationally, I think your resume holds up with anybody. So thank you for coming on here and joining us and, and talking about just DMV basketball overall.
0: Well, Matt, I appreciate you for having me. And it's, it's my pleasure to, to be on the podcast with you today.
1: Uh, before we get going we got to pay the bills and all that stuff so this episode is brought to you by stateside vodka and their hard uh, iced teas lemonades surf sides they're all delicious and uh, it's that time of year still hot enough out for everybody to, to go get one while they're listening to this podcast we're also brought to you by bet online Bet online is your number one source for all your betting needs get the latest odds lines and matchup reports for baseball boxing golf ufc tennis more Betonline online continues to be the fastest easy, the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers including live betting in your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone Head to the website and use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. but online where the game starts. All right, now that we got that out of the way, let's get to the good stuff here, basketball. Coach, uh, you've been at Gonzaga for 20 plus years at this point, right? That's so impressive, this, impressive this,
0: enough. As I like to say, this is my quarter of a century year. That's amazing. Uh, this is my 25th year here at Gonzaga, and this will be my 20th season as the head coach.
1: That's that's incredible. I, I think just longevity in general is is tougher to pull off these days. And you see you guys moving around a lot. So to be able to do that uh, is impressive. But the record during that time, equally if, as impressive, if not more so, uh, 440 and 165 during that time. You're a five-time WCAC Coach of the Year, Capital Classic DMV Coach of the Year in 2016-2017, Gatorade National Coach of the Year in 2016-17. USA Today, D.C. Coach of the Year in 16, 17, and 18, 19. Washington Post, All Met Coach of the Year in 18, 19. And the Washington Post, D.C. Coach of the Year in 07, 08. Uh, first of all, I'm out of breath just reading off all those accolades. Um, is that ever something that you just stop and think about, like how successful you've been able to be at you know at, at this one place? And just, I mean, that's a hell of a resume right there.
0: I, I don't think of it in in those terms. I, I would just say that I've I, I have been blessed to be able to be at one place for as long as I've been and i certainly owe that to the the people who uh who trust and believe in me to and have entrusted me in the young men who are here on i street and i've never made this coaching thing be about me it's always been about the kids mm-hmm. so <clears throat> i hear that and certainly i'm flattered by it but but it's not what defines me as a coach and and certainly a person who's involved in the lives of, of, of the youth of tomorrow um it's really about serving serving the young men and, and doing everything I can in my power. Uh, i using basketball really as a vehicle um, to give those guys an opportunity to take advantage of one, being here at Gonzaga and getting an unbelievable education and being the best student athlete that they can be, but allowing that little orange or brown, depending on what, which which brand you use on, on what nights um, little, little basketball to have these guys take advantage of using it to get to, to bigger and better places and allowing them to set up as I like to say that that four years to set up the next forty and and if they can take advantage of the things that they get from here at Gonzaga playing basketball but 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 getting the best education they can get to go on to other places and set up their life then, then I then I look at those um walking trophies as I like to call them. Um is is I'm I'm doing my job and that's As you see, I didn't talk about any championships or what the record is. Those things come from it because of having young men that come here and work the tails off, that trust and believe in the philosophy that me and my coaches are implementing within our program. But even more more important is that they believe in who this school is, as an institution that allows them and, and helps to nurture them and grow as young men
1: it's a lot of responsibility at your level to not just make sure that these guys are succeeding on the basketball court, but also are succeeding in the classroom and outside of the classroom, but also that you're preparing them to be able to be successful at the college level. And, and we'll get to it later, but you've had a number of players that are extremely successful on the highest levels of, you know, Division One Power Five schools. It, it just, um, that's got to be a lot to juggle. I guess, sort of what's the split and how do you balance sort of all those different, um you know, things and priorities for for kids and and trying to make them the most successful across the board?
0: Well, I like to say that, you know, the first thing that they did, they they made a choice to come to Gonzaga and certainly get in the Gonzaga because Mm -hmm. they they can handle the workload academically. Like you got to be able to do that first before we can even talk about the court. Mm -hmm. So I have to be very selective in the kids that I'm recruiting that I I think could be a great fit for us Um, in terms of the whole. I think that's who we are is the greatest of the whole and that whole is the student athlete that that has to represent himself and his family in the classroom and then and then on the court? Um, but 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 how, how how you balance it is that I think they're at a place where they're they're with other young men who are like minded, um, <clears throat> and so they're challenged and pushed just as hard in the classroom as as I push them on the court to be the best version as, of themselves as as a, as a basketball player. So when you surround yourself with people who have the same who are going through like experiences and have a same like-minded ability, I think that's where the balance comes in, and they understand that they've got to be able to do this to be able to have that.
1: That makes a lot of sense. Um, with the FIBA stuff going on right now and Team USA playing, uh, you've coached on several of those teams at, at different age groups. I guess, can you just talk a little bit about what that experience is like? And I say that's probably another really great honor to be able to be associated with you know representing your country and helping these kids represent their country.
0: I mean, Matt, you said it. Said it. You could have said it any better. And and that is that. I don't believe there's anything in this world that that could be greater than being able to represent um, your country. <clears throat> and there's only a, there's really only a couple places that you that you get that opportunity to really do that against the world. I guess is the way I would say it. And that's that's serving in the military or having an opportunity to be a part of a USA sport. And mm-hmm. from that sport happens to be basketball and I've been blessed with an opportunity to coach some of the best U 16 and U 17 players in the world. Um, and, you uh, along with even more importantly working alongside some of the best minds that we have in, in the basketball game at, at, at any, at any level. Um, the, the guys that I get to work with through USA basketball, which is led by some unbelievable people and, and, uh, coach Don Shaw Walters and, and, and Sean Ford, um, they they do a great job year in and year out finding the best coaches in 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 in, our, in, in at that at our level to be able to uh, have us coach and, and and help continue to grow the game but doing it with high level high quality um, athletes at, at the high school level.
1: I think so much of coaching and being successful at it is probably. Networking with the right people, lifting little pieces from other coaches and, and figuring out what works for you and, and just being able to, to grow and adjust as the game changes. I got to imagine Team USA is probably like the ultimate coaching clinic, you know, being able to steal stuff from people all over the world, but just also other, uh, you know, coaches at, at your level that maybe you don't get to interact with a whole lot.
0: No, there's no doubt. And I, and I think that's one of the things that I've always said every opportunity that I get when I go to camps and then, you know, the past couple of summers being able to coach abroad. Um, if I don't bring, if I'm not doing anything where I'm learning as well as, as well as giving, um, but learning to be able to come back and give to my guys then I've said, I've failed myself. And I can tell you right now, every experience that I've had there with USA basketball at our training camps and our mini camps, I feel like I've always been able to bring something home to share and, and, and implement within to my program. I mean, I, I think the reason why I've been able to be at a place like Gonzaga for 25 years is that i've never stayed stagnant I, I never got complacent um i've held my you know we all got some type of ego but i keep my ego in check i'm very humble and i and i just try to do whatever i can do to learn so i can continue to serve my guys the best way that i can
1: and yeah, that's a great answer um in 2007 2008 you guys finished fourth in the country in espn's bowl uh, and and Sports Illustrated's number one in the country for hoops USA's national uh, poll at the end of the year, number ten for USA Today's final poll. I guess what has to come together for a team to be su- like that kind of successful, like that that level of of, of national success. I guess.
0: Um, I mean, you got to put together. I mean, you got to have Johnny and Joes. <laughs> sure,
1: <laughs> goes a long way. I'm sure.
0: <laughs> that goes a long way first. Yeah. But but you also got to have a group of young men who who you know believe in. And they're committed to um your standards um your culture uh, and and at the end of the day that they're all willing to play for something greater than themselves mm-hmm. and i can tell you that group in in 0708 uh 34-1 it's the best record in our school's history that group didn't care about anything but winning and it didn't matter who was getting the accolades it didn't matter who put up the most numbers in the game. It was all about let's go, let's go complete the trifecta. And the trifecta at that time for us had been winning the WCAC championship, going on and winning the DC city title, and then completing the trifecta by going to um, one of the most unbelievable uh, end of the year season events at the ACIT, the Alhambra Catholic Invitational, which I have to say, um, just came out a week ago that that event is ended right now and they're going to take a stop and hiatus. So saddened that that's not going to be an something that my team this year has an opportunity to chase, but I'm hoping that they will be able to figure things out and and get it back. But again, that team um, exemplified what it meant to be able to play for something bigger than yourself. And you look back at where they all are, you know, all those guys are doing some unbelievable and incredible things in their walk of life. Some are still playing. Uh, some are coaching, some are, most of them are somewhat in somewhere in the business world. They're getting married, they're having kids. Um, and, and I'm certainly proud of each and every one of those young men who were, who are part of that team that, that had a special year at Gonzaga and have continue to be guys who, who are part of making Gonzaga great.
1: Oh, oh 708 oh doesn't seem like that long ago, but it's, it's a pretty decent chunk of time here. I think the world is kind of different. Kids are kind of different. How is like how has your coaching style or philosophy changed from then to now i'm assuming you can't coach kids the exact same way so how have you had to adjust your process to to account for that
0: well that comes with not being stagnant and 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 not being complacent to maybe your core values that you had at the time you've got to be able to move with the times you look at at all levels the game just changed you know you you, you have the debate at at the nba level who the goat is lebron or yeah. or mj and they played them totally Different eras in style of play. I mean, Mike played under they could beat him up and throw him to the ground and spit on, on him and step on him and try to try to destroy him. And he figured out how to to avoid that. LeBron has played and I think a, a softer uh, mm-hmm. game that wants to be all about scoring. Um, so everyone's had to adjust. Like the NBA players have had to adjust. The college game right now, we know all these. The college basketballs having to make a change just because of another sports dictating the change college football and the landscape of changing conferences and all those different things. So at the high school level, I would say for me, it's just been paying attention to what's coming ahead. Um trying to, trying to, trying to beat it and meet it before, before it gets there. And then you're trying to figure it out. And, you know, I, I would say I'm still able to coach my guys hard and tough, mm-hmm. but, but compared to probably when I was playing, I have to do a lot more hugging and loving, and 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 I would say the other part is, which makes it really tough. Some people aren't going to hear this, but I'm going to speak my truth. Is 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 you're also coaching parents uh, to a certain degree because there there's I think right now in today's society there's a over involvement uh, from us, and I and I speak to it. I got two kids too, so I'm not I, I can be guilty of it as well. But I've tried my best to stay out of other coaches' way when they're coaching my children. But we want everything to be perfect for our kids right now. And I feel like we sometimes we're doing them an injustice because the greatest things that have ever happened and the greatest things that have ever happened to people have happened after adversity. And I see, feel like right now in today's society, we try too hard to avoid adversity for our kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you hear the term, we got us, It's it's a lot softer you know, I don't know that it's totally that, but, but I do believe we've got a lot of families and parents now that try to live vicariously through their kids and don't want to see their kids fail or not have success. And I get that. I I feel that same way, but I also understand, and and I'm in a position to understand that the greatest things come through adversity. And sometimes our kids need to hit a bump in the road so that they can figure it out. And at some point, we're not going to be here for them. So, we we need to know that they're going to be able to fend for themselves, um, and handle themselves, and certainly pass down to the next generation, um, of the you know that that'll be their kids, <clears throat> so that they can survive in this crazy world we live in.
1: I wrestle with this just as a college basketball fan with the transfer portal. I, I think sometimes it would be good for kids to have to stick it out, but also there are probably some situations where it would be in everybody's best interest to move on and and the kid not be penalized for that. For you all at your level. You've basically had transfers, you know, for forever. How do you convince a kid that, hey, maybe you didn't get the playing time you wanted this year, but trust us, stick it out. This will be better for you long term. Work on your game. I, I got to imagine that's a big factor in this for you all is like letting kids kind of grow into the right role and things like that.
0: I think that's why you have to vet the, t- the, the families, hmm. not just the, I mean, you got to vet the player to see if one, he's he's, he's the right fit for you and your program. But you also got to vet the family to understand, and, and you got to be honest with them that, you know, I think sometimes there's some guys in this game that just aren't honest with people. Mm-hmm. And and if you if you're honest, I think you'll have situations where kids will hit that hit that brick wall and and understand that, you know what, I'm willing to stick this out and fight because this is what I truly believe in. I'm at a right I'm at the right place for me. I've been blessed. I haven't had a lot of transfers knock on wood. Um, you know, a couple couple in, and and usually those have been guys who for the most part have been they had maybe an older brother than one here. Mm-hmm. And they decided that, you know, the families decided at the end, like this probably was the better place for them. And they may have transferred it, you know. Um, but again, I I think you just have to you have to build a relationship with the people that you're bringing into your home mm-hmm. because you want them to always believe that this is their home, too. Yeah. And and if you do those things, I, I think you can avoid having kids moving in and out. College level, they open Pandora's box mm-hmm. and 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 they can't turn it back. And it's not just the portal; it's the NIL. You know, it's everyone's chasing the now versus what I like to say is short game costs you; will get you in trouble. You know, long game gives you opportunity Mm -hmm. uh, to be successful in life. And I think we've put some things in place at the at the college level, which is trickling down to the high school level. But it's it's teaching kids the short game and how to not fight through adversity, which Goes back to what I said earlier. I think it kind of creates a little bit of a soft, softer environment, yeah, and, yeah, for sure. and and unfortunately, it's 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 where we are. I think if you're not trying to do things to figure it out, so that you can make sure that kids stay in their homes and stay with you, and 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 I, and I think the other part is you got to be honest too, because some of this is not just on the kids. Oh yeah. There, yeah, there are coaches who are telling them and feeding them that this is the next best thing since sliced bread, and then when adversity hits they they move too like like they, they're jumping they're jumping too so yeah. I don't know how we can fix it I hope that you know you see a little bit of a change because i think it's hurting the high school kid you oh, know for sure because now guys are deciding that hey they're
1: afterthoughts a lot of the time
0: I need I need to I need to hold my job I yeah. can hold my job better with with someone who's older and maybe more mature mm-hmm. and' gone some things versus the high school kid who didn't so for me, it's now it's different for me in terms of how I got to deal with our kids and their recruitment because you, you got to almost jump on what's really good for you right away or you could miss out on, a, on an unbelievable opportunity because when you get to the spring after season for us now, those guys are seeing what they don't have. They're probably not coming to get a high school kid. They realize they're somewhere maybe near the end of their contract and they're trying to either get read up or put themselves in a position to, to get the next job. They're gonna go after, they're gonna go after men versus versus mm-hmm. boys. And so everyone's gotta be smart in this. And I hope that I can continue to just educate parents and families um, on the process now because it's totally different. And if you're not prepared for it, your kid could be left behind.
1: I would imagine your role as a voice in their ear, pushing in the right direction, is probably even more important now than it was, you know, ten years ago. Because just because of that, you have the track record to back up when you're saying these things that, hey, you know, this might be more nil money at one school in the short term, but is that the best place for you to be successful long term? And it's probably hard to see, you know, the forest through the trees um, for a lot of these kids, especially when you know there's a, there's a bunch of you know six digit numbers attached to to some of these situations. Um, I guess. The two and three star kids are probably the ones I think are the most negatively impacted by this. If if you're, you know, a fringe McDonald's All-American, people are still going to come recruit you no matter what. But I would imagine a lot more of your kids are going the prep school route or the junior college route than they ever were before. Just because of that, they've got to find a home and college kids aren't looking at that as much.
0: I'll say this. I I think I'm in a unique situation compared to most. Okay. We don't ever get any JUCO kids going to college. Okay. But what I what I am seeing now that that kids are now having to think about a level down, mm-hmm. um, and typically because of our academics here, okay. our kids who are who are really good, they're going to go Division One, sure. or they're going to make the choice to go to Division Three to a high academia place that 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 would rival an Ivy League school. Makes- so, fortunately, knock again, knock on wood, I, I've been lucky that we haven't had that issue of kids having to. To think the prep school route, or mm-hmm. or think the you know think think a JUCO route. Um, so uh, I'll, again, I'll say I'm just blessed in that th- thus far. But I but I can see that changing. I mean, yeah. it, it's inevitable. Um, so I'm just trying to educate folks on, you know, don't just try to wait for your wish list. Recognize who really really respects and loves you for who you are, and that that probably is the best situation for you.
1: Uh, you've got a young man right now, Nick Lewis, uh, is a, I believe at least a four star recruit, right? Maybe that even, uh, changes over the next year or so here as a Maryland alum, I selfishly hope he at least strongly, uh, considers my alma mater there, but how involved are you in that process for someone like Nick? Like what's really your role with someone like that? That's getting all these big offers from, from, you know, high major schools and, and things like that.
0: No, just again, in getting the parents and the kid to understand because it's not my process. I, I could tell you 25 years. I've never told any one of my players where I thought they should go. Mm-hmm. But what I've always been able to do is just educate them on the little things. Hey, a coach's contract, how much longer questions that right. they should ask when they go in and, and meet with these coaches and, and, and they're trying to figure out what's right for them. You know, mm-hmm. I just try to get the kids to, to be more involved in the process because sometimes they'll get in these meetings and I've had it with me and, they're very quiet and it's the parent doing all the talking and the person that has to live it is going to be the young man. So I I try my best to just help the family understand any and everything that they need to know as it pertains to recruiting and just try to be a springboard because I, you know, if it doesn't go well for a young man somewhere, I want to be their first call. I want to be the one that they call and say, Hey coach, this isn't going well. All right, well, let's sit back down and talk about, all right, why is not going well? You know, before you think about leaving, is this something that's manageable and fixable? Mm -hmm. Um, And and, and remembering that, hey, this is a choice you made. You might want to at least try to stick it out and fight through it. It's unbearable to stick out and fight through it. And I want to be the one that's there for them, that they trust and believe in. And they're not looking at me saying, oh, well, Coach Turner told me to go to this school. And and I'm blaming him. I'm not going to be the scapegoat um, because I've I've done it. I have my degree. I I went to college. (laughs) I, I made my choice. Um, and, and, and I lived and I think that's what all the kids should have to do as, as, as I know that their parents went through it too. So for being in the process, really just being the educator, you know, I've had a couple young men who single parent homes where I, where I did become a little more of the dad in the, in the equation, but even in those, I still didn't tell them where I thought they should go. I gave them my pros and cons between all the schools that they were choosing from and, and allowed them to make a choice that they felt was best for them.
1: Sounds like helping people ask the right questions, being as informed, giving them kind of full context on things is, is probably the most important piece of that. And just for any of these kids, maybe they have a sibling or something who's gone through the process, but but you have, you know, 25 years of of feedback from kids on what works, what doesn't work, and you know the types of kid you've had and maybe what kind of thing suits them better and, and what kind of system or coach. I would imagine that that's invaluable feedback for these young men to have.
0: I, I think it is, and I, I certainly hope it is. Um, I, I feel like it's been um, as, as you know, I'll be honest, I, I don't even have a lot of college guys who've played for me that have really transferred. I think mm-hmm. the most I've had was was this year and they were just unique situations. Some of it was coaching change, um, you know, or, or
1: potential just really needing a new environment. Someone like Nick, whose recruitment is is still open, like how do you kind of help them? Tune that sort of thing out and focus on just the stuff in front of them and continuing to grow and get better is that a challenge? I gotta imagine there's social media and things like that now. There's there's more, uh, you know, attention pushed their way.
0: Um, well, I, I mean, I do I do the same things that I did when there wasn't like you go back to the '08 thing. There wasn't social media at that time, sure. so it, it, I just try to keep them, you know, focused and and blinders up with let's just continue to work on being the best version of Nick Lewis that we can be or or Derek Dixon, or any, you know, any of the guys that play for me, Blake Harper, just let's be, let's focus on that. Cause if you do those things, you're going to, you're going to open a lot of doors and give yourself a lot of opportunities. And when we got to get to a point of some decision-making, then it's bringing the family in and us having some, some, some hard talks and, 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 and breaking down the programs that are recruiting them and and, and then go from there. But I think, my big thing for them is just trying to get them to understand, like, this thing can be stressful, but let's enjoy the process. Let's not make it make it be something that's 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 not enjoyable. This, should, this is something that's pretty special that you've earned and you've done all the hard work to put yourself in that place. So let's let's make sure that the process is something that can be enjoyable. So I don't really talk about the recruiting piece too hard when we're in the midst of things that we're doing um, until they really have to be talked about when it's time to start trying to make a decision.
1: That makes sense. Um, you mentioned being a father yourself, but you also coached your son Jared, who's now at Northeastern, uh, good school and a good place to play. So, congrats on on helping him get to that level as well, and congrats to him on 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 getting that far. And Thank hopefully, you. he's getting ready to have a good year. Uh, I guess how hard is that to coach uh, your own son and and juggle that with the the other players and all those things? Is is that a tough? Um, was that a tough aspect? I guess.
0: Tough in that
1: my son got hated on <laughs> through, through as coach's
0: the, son. It, it's coach's son.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I, I think some, some for those who just aren't lovers of Gonzaga. Um, and, and, and and I think people who've hated on me for my success sure. um, and some jealousy. And he, he took the brunt for, for, for that. Yeah. Not, 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 and not really deserving. He didn't deserve to have it, but, but I will say this, he was resilient. He's a tough kid. He got a great heart, and he figured it out. And I never gave it to him. You know, simplest thing would have been freshman year. All right, you're on varsity. You play. You my son. I play you the minutes. No, I made him after Ernest Keith. He played JV as a freshman, and he's probably one of the best shooters in our school that year. Physically, maybe not ready or mature enough, and I, and I thought he needed to walk his own path. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try to no different than I do with any other kids. I treat him on the court is I would treat my players as, as what I do with my players. When they're off the court, I treat them like they're my sons. Yeah. I hug, I kick them and push them as hard as I can, but I'm going to hug on them and love on them. So I, I've kept that balance. And I think being able to have boys who play sports um, in my own household, uh, it it has actually helped me be a better coach yeah. um, in terms of understanding those things. And, and so the commitment I've always ever given and promise that the only promise I've ever given to any family coming in my door is that I would treat their kid no different than I would treat my own two boys. And never been a promise of playing time, never been a promise of level, just the promise of helping be that third or second, whatever parent I am in their life or adult in their life that I would I would help my do my part in making them become the best version of themselves they can be. You know, I, I, I tell parents this all the time, once they walk in my door, for four years, I spend more time with your child than you do. Yeah. And so, so I I hold myself to a standard that that makes that, that that I want them to understand and know, not even make them believe, but know that I'm gonna do everything in my power to to give them in a day or during the day when they're with me um, what you would do if they were just sitting at home with you. And that and that is to make sure that they walk out of here um, as they walk in here as boys but walk out of here and head to college as young men that can fend and hail themselves. And so those kids don't just become my players. They become my family.
1: I would imagine, uh, you know, Jared's games right now this upcoming year are probably overlapping with the busy part of the year for you. Is that tough to not be able to get to see as many of his games as you would probably like?
0: Honestly, I'm blessed and I had to give hats off to this conference their schedule down here
1: locally a lot.
0: One is most of the teams in their league are drivable. Got but two, their conference, especially when you get the conference play and we're in conference play. Mm-hmm. We typically play Tuesdays, Fridays, and every now and then we have a three day week where it might be Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. Sure. Well, their league is Thursday, Saturdays.
1: Nice. There you go.
0: So never really gonna get to go to a Thursday game, sure. but can walk out of practice and turn my computer on and watch the whole game. Yeah, that's me. Nice. But a Saturday game we usually take, we have to have a one day off a week. So Saturday is just typically my day off, especially on a Tuesday, Friday week. And so I could literally be at O'Connell on a Friday night and they could be playing at William and Mary on Saturday, leave O'Connell right after the game, get into a hotel at midnight and, and wake up, see him play, know that my guys have an off day, drive back home that night at practice with my guys on Sunday morning. So it, awesome. I, I've been blessed that their schedule really works with our league schedule. So I've had an opportunity to see him play, you know, last year as a freshman, uh, a lot more than I even thought I would and expect to have a lot more of that the same this year as in his sophomore year.
1: Yeah, that's great. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Um, we got a question in the chat here. It never makes no sense. Uh, said, can we ask you about coach Patrick Behan? Um, who's obviously going through a tough time right now and just step down. And then some of the other, WCAC coaches I think that's a good segue into where I wanted to go next with just I think for my money you coach in the toughest basketball league in the country if not the toughest as tough as any um can you just talk a little bit about that and the other schools in the league and just what that's like on a nightly basis knowing that you guys go through the gauntlet playing these other teams and um you know maybe some about the the other coaches that that you get to coach alongside
0: well uh, I can start off with Pat first I had a chance to coach Pat so I was coaching an AAU organization in DC Blue Devils. Mm-hmm. Um when I got out of college that was run by at the time my stepdad. And so Pat was Pat played in that in that organization. So I've known Pat since he was a player and he was a heck of a player. Um and 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 unfortunately I'm not gonna get a chance to to coach against him this year and maybe ever again. But I was for My rival school, (laughs) I Gonzaga and St. John's are the oldest high school rivalry in the country. Um, But to be able to see him achieve what he did last year with his team, going through and battling what he's battling right now, um, as I've told others, I I take my hats off to him. And I really take my hats off to the young men who played for him because they were definitely an example, as I've talked about and I said earlier, like my 7 team, they played for something greater than themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was divine intervention. They were they were destined last year with how they handled themselves, how they handled the situation, um, the coaching staff that worked with Pat, and the things that they were able to do to make sure Pat was in the best position to be able to be the best version of himself. And I, I, I it was special to watch from from afar. You know, certainly every year we want to win it. They took us down in the semis in a one point game. I would have mm-hmm. loved to have gotten back to a to chance to winning another championship, but if someone else had to win it outside of me, he 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 was there was nobody more deserving than, than Pat and, the, and that group of young men at uh, SJC. Um, for me, uh, iron sharpens iron. I've been able to coach against some some of the some great high school coaches in this league, and I say it all the time. I think some people underestimate. You know, they they hear of the Gonzagas, the PVIs, the the, the Mathas, the St. Johns. I mean, traditionally and certainly over the last decade that those have been the premier groups in our league. But what they don't understand is night in and night out, the next tier goes. Yeah, there's
1: not much drop off. There's
0: no drop off. There's there's no gimme night. People yeah. will say, oh, you're going to do this or you're going to do that against such such. I'll be honest with you. I have an easier time being relaxed against the top of our half of our league sure. versus the bottom half because there's some unbelievable coaches. I think there's one guy who I thought never got the credit he deserved. And he's no longer a coach in our league, but that that was, that was over at um at, at Bishop Ireton, and 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 I and I thought he was arguably one one of the, one of the best coaches in our league, and uh, and and you know just never had the same type of talent mm-hmm. that the rest of the teams in our league had. But night in and night out, man, uh, Neil Berkman, Coach's team was was tough to go against, especially at his place. Um, and we have a lot more coaches like that through some of the other teams in our league. So. Night in and night out. If you're not ready and don't have your team prepared, to one understand like there are no gimmies. Yeah. Um, you you could you could take an L real quick to someone that you don't think you're supposed to, or that or the, or I should say that your fans don't think you're supposed exactly. to. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, I know that I've been able to become better as a coach every year, being able to coach in this league where night in and night out I coach against some of the best minds in the in, in the high school game. And, and also in the country.
1: You've got to be able to up your game or, you're, you know, not going to stick around very long, probably. And uh, uh, I mentioned the,
0: that's but, the truth.
1: <laughs> you've got like you, you rattled off the top name schools in, in, in the conference that I'm sure they're all recognizable names to people in the area here. But I, it's interesting to hear you say that those are sometimes less, you know, stressful for you, those games, because you can probably coach a perfect game against a PVI or somebody and, and still potentially lose, uh, whereas, you know, some of these other schools, like, if guys aren't ready uh, and you lose a game, like you said, that you're not expected to, it, it's um, it's an interesting dynamic. I wouldn't have thought that, but it makes sense hearing you say that. Right. Um, you're also a DC native, so, you know, you know as well as, as anybody um, that the basketball area, this is a basketball area. And, and so I was going back and forth with somebody on Twitter the other day about, you know, whether DC is a basketball town or not. And this I mostly cover the Wizards and and maybe we're not uh, as big locally as some of the other sports teams, but DC is a basketball town to me. It's just at the other levels. I, I would imagine you've got full gyms, especially when you play some of these other premier institutions. I think hopefully both Maryland and Georgetown are on the way back up and you know, it may not be a pro basketball town as much at the moment, but I don't think that means that DC isn't a basketball town overall. I'd just love to get your perspective on that.
0: Well, it definitely is a DC. DC is definitely a basketball town. You know, if, if you're judging it based on our our NBA squad, some may may beg to differ. But if you go start with the grassroots, mm-hmm. and that's for me, it's high, you know, AAU and high school. Yeah. So you look at the grassroots and basketball across the country, um, it's premier. It's at the top. So it's top ten, top twenty-five. Um, you look at the AAU organizations in our area, and at all age group levels, if they're going to tournaments, somebody from Team Takeover, DC Premier, uh, Team Durant, uh, New World, which are probably the four big shoe companies, mm-hmm. uh, they're in the mix, battling for championships, and they've got high, high level, high, 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 you know, high level kids who are who are most of the time <laughs> being sought after by us when they get to high school to play for us. And then they continue playing with those organizations. But it's not even just the shoot branding teams. You look at look at a team like uh, the District. Uh, Mm -hmm. They play like on on the hoop group. What would be the hoop group circle? So you would say like that's like the 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 low major division one maybe. Um, But those guys and teams like them are always in the hunt when they're in tournaments. And you hear those names, um, you know, chasing championships. And then now you look at the change in the landscape of college basketball. We've had a major yeah. Group of coaches changing at almost every major uh, mm-hmm. university here in the DMV, and and you know I think you see um, an excitement about what is is about to come down at Georgetown, down down at you know at down at Maryland. Um, you know you got a guy like Chris Caputo coming back and being the head coach who was a part of a you know the final full run with Coach Larinaga, and now he's back in the area at GW. You got a player who played on that team against with the Chris Coast and Tony, Tony standard, standard. Yeah. now coming back to Mason. And then you got a guy who played at Maryland and played at the Matha RB, the, the biggest name high school in all of high school basketball and Dwayne Simpkins now taking over at America. Yeah. So I think you've got already a wealth of talent on the men's and the women's side. Cause I didn't, we haven't even talked about the girls side. Sure. Girls basketball is definitely the best in, in the, in the country yeah. coming from the DMV. But, um, now you add all that, like it's going to be really fun over the next, in my opinion, over the next few years, watching the landscape of the DMV as it pertains to basketball at, at, at a lot of levels, and and then the woods you know, they, they're making some changes. I think so, and, and and I think they're, I think they're about to make some changes in the right direction that that can get them going again, and hopefully get them back in a situation to be a team that can chase and go after make make some playoff runs and hopefully go after another world title at some point
1: uh fingers crossed for that uh selfishly i hope that uh, that would be a fun thing to get to cover along the way here so uh, thank you for the perspective there because that's exactly where i kind of landed on all this and it it feels like the excitement is growing here locally especially with all the the names you mentioned there i think all those programs are are on the way up and then obviously at your level you you guys have been great for years anyway I, i think your conference is so interesting because realistically the fourth place team in the WCAC could be a top 25 team nationally. And I can't imagine there's another high school league where that's the case.
0: I mean, the sad part for it is us is, is like, there's probably gonna be three of us that start in the top 25. Yeah. But we'll probably only be one left when the yeah. season's over. Cause we're going to beat each other yeah. up.
1: Yeah, exactly. And,
0: and that part, my part is the part that stinks, mm-hmm. but, but, but at the same time, it's exciting. And it's what keeps our league so strong and continue to grow. As you see all these new, type of leads emergence emerging where there's kind of more of a somewhat aau flavor as you Mm. look at you know the nibc where kids are coming from all over the country to come to certain schools but it but it's but for me you look at what's still traditional high school
1: there's nothing
0: greater than the wc yeah
1: yeah totally agree uh one of your former players chris jenkins hit arguably one of the biggest shots in college basketball history. I mean, I don't think that's <laughs> hyperbole. It's
0: the biggest shot. Yeah. I would say
1: I, I'm, I honestly, I'm with you. I mean, it, definitely in recent memory, um, for Villanova to beat, uh, North Carolina in the 2016 championship game. When that shot went in, did you tell people I taught him that? Cause I would definitely take some amount of credit for something like that. So, so I didn't tell him I taught him that. Cause the person that
0: taught him that was his mom. Okay. Um, I mean, Chris has got an interesting story as it pertains to shooting. His mom would not let him shoot three-pointers until he perfected his form and his ability to make shots inside the three. So mm-hmm. I take no credit for Chris's ability to shoot the ball. Gotcha. I definitely take credit as, as being his coach and, mm-hmm. and, and, and being one of the guys that I was blessed to have an opportunity to coach. It's funny, though, but because I was in a moment when that happened. I was at a place called the Four Corners Pub. Mm-hmm. Over there, by over there, by the by, Belair High School. Yeah, and I was there with my wife, and we were at the table watching that championship game. And I felt like it was one of those surreal moments where you, where, where everything almost stops, and you feel like you're like just stuck in time. Sure. And I remember when he let it go, I jumped up. It was in. And I said it, and I said, "That's good." That's and cool. the gentleman next to me. I mean, and you're talking split seconds, but the gentleman next to me before it went through the rim. So how do you feel like that? And once it went through the net, I said, "Cause that's my kid." And those, seen, my exact, that. those are my exact words. Yeah. And in his senior year, that same spot, similar, not similar play, but that same spot, Chris Hayett made five different game winners from that type of a from that spot. So I knew when he let it go, I knew it was good. There was no doubt in my mind that shot was was going down.
1: That's pretty cool. Um, obviously, rooting for him locally during that moment. Uh, i was so hyped for him so i had got to imagine that's next level for for you to get to see that
0: it was really cool and you know he does it against his brother nate yeah. then nate comes, nate comes back and wins it the next year with carolina and then we had a third kid that year or a third ring young man get a ring uh, uh bradley jackson is now hmm. currently an assistant coach at the college level um he won the division three championship that year that nate did with uh gotcha. bats so being able to have three national championships out of this program, um, it's it's pretty
1: cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, also, in the comment, it never makes no sense. Said uh, Corner Pub has good pizza. I've definitely done that after post game on a after a Friday night basketball game. So I definitely vouch for that.
0: He's telling the truth.
1: Uh, you got Chris. You've got Tyler Thornton. You've got Judah Mintz uh, You've got Prentice Hub. Chris Likes. Uh, Terrence Williams. I mean, I could literally just keep and, doing and, this for.
0: And I'm glad you said Tyler because I left that, that I left that group out. Um, as, the, as the college programs mean, look, at he's down there at Howard yeah. uh, working with Kenny Blakeney, who's mm-hmm. the Dematha the math guy. No, I won't hold that against Kenny because <laughs> he's taking care. He's got one of my guys with him taking care of, but the run that they made last year.
1: So yeah, that's great. You,
0: you look at all everything that's been infused in the DMV college level. You got a lot of DMV homegrown guys mm-hmm. being a part of those programs and, and it's again it's, it's it's exciting but go ahead I'm sorry
1: no the, no but that's I, a, honestly where I, I was going to go with that I to
0: like, give some love to, to T-Bone and what what he's doing and helping uh Kenny build down there at Howard
1: he just seemed like one of those guys while you watched him play college basketball I was like oh yeah this guy will be a coach at some point at some level like he obviously like the floor general stereotype there but like he just played like in, in such a way that you could see him understanding the game. And I, uh, you know, I, I, wondered if he was like that, uh, you know, in high school already, or that's something that he kind of grew into over time.
0: No, nah, he was like that in middle school. Um, big <laughs> um, part of why I went after trying to bring him in mm-hmm. to be, be a part of our program. And I just saw so much of him as a, he was, su- he's such a leader. And, and he's a guy, he's a pie piper. He's that guy that brings everybody together And holds people accountable. I remember when he came in his freshman year, we're playing. It's around this time of the year. We're in fall, fall workouts. And he and someone get into a scuffle. And I remember, you know, as a coach in the moment, you got to be who you are. Break it up. Sure. Calm the guys down. Chastise them. We're not having this. But a true story. I tapped my assistant coach at the time, Juan Hill, on the shoulder and said, Juan, meet me in the hallway. And the two of us, I mean one must have already knew what I was gonna say.
1: Yeah.
0: And the two of us, I mean, we're jumping around like two kids yeah. at the candy store.
1: Cause we're like, all
0: right, we got we got the guy that's gonna be able to to, to be able to lead the ship yeah. and, and command the things that we we've been asking the guys, and that's who Tyler was as a freshman and all the way through his senior year and you know, and doing the same thing type of things when he was down there playing for Coach K. Um I have to say, I give Tyler so much credit because he's a big part of the start of my career in terms of um, bringing this program back to the top of the league mm-hmm. and and a part of setting a culture that we continue to sustain that has kept us at the top of the league.
1: Uh, yeah, th- that that's great to hear too, because I, I think that's really where I, I wanted to go with that is just Those names I rattled off are at the top levels of college basketball, you know, either were or currently still are for some of them. You know, um, somebody like Judah is a pro prospect, you know, probably in next year's draft, I would imagine. Were there any like shared traits that those guys all had that that has led them to be so successful? Is there like a common thread or or something that you looked for that you found in all of them that that's kind of led to that level of success?
0: Work ethic. I only have this work 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 ethic. Those <laughs> the guys that you named, they worked the hardest for me. Mm-hmm. And, and and they pushed others and they also did all did a very good job of bringing others with them. Um they were leaders. I mean, you look at pretty much all the names you named, I don't I don't know that any of them didn't become a college captain. Um mm-hmm. and that's something, you know, Coach Myers that's who right. I I took over for took a lot of pride in um, how many captains he's ever had um, play underneath him here at Gonzaga, and and I continued that tradition. And every young man that you've named became a captain at the mm-hmm. college level, and 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 that I think that speaks to their work ethic and their ability to be leaders. And as you look at them in their walk of life, they're all continue they continue it even as they're doing different things off
1: the court. I would imagine that for any team to be, you know, as successful as you think it can be or to maximize, it, it probably has to come from more than just you guys as the coaching staff, but also from some of the players. So being able to have people like that in the locker room probably makes your life a little easier, I would imagine.
0: Well, I continue, I continue to preach this to our kids every single year. My best teams, player-led. Yeah. I mean, I, certainly, I'm overseeing it and, sure. and and implementing certain plays and, you mm-hmm. know, pushing them in certain ways. But when we've been great and we've been great a lot, but at our greatest moments, player led teams.
1: Makes sense. Does it help to have guys like that that are still kind of on college basketball courts at the highest level that that your players now see play and be able to point to them and say, this guy did this and he worked harder than you're working currently. Like this is what you need to do to get to that level. Like the kids, does that sink in with them? I guess.
0: You know, I probably use the players that played before them because I okay. try to get them to understand. like, you know, every year I think our, our guys get some unbelievable added benefits, but they but they came from the shoulders that they stand on. Mm-hmm. And I try my best to try to bring those guys back is, whenever that's we beautiful. can or when they stop in, I de- definitely want them to talk to those guys. Or, you know, if there's a guy that I feel like was like somebody and maybe there's something that's missing from them, I try mm-hmm. to bring that guy in maybe to speak to that young man or I find out who their idols are. Uh, oh, that's cool. And 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 who is it that you want to you know, you know, pattern your game behind. Sure. And and I talk about, you know, what it is and what people say about them which made them great and try to get them to understand if you want to be anything like those guys, here's what you have to do.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, that's awesome. Um as someone with your Track record that you have and the level of success you've had. I've got to imagine you've had opportunities to to jump to the college level and things like that if you'd have wanted to. I guess what makes you want to stay at Gonzaga and has made you want to be, you know, continuing to do this as I'm sure the job gets a little tougher some years and, and things like that. Like, why still Gonzaga? I guess.
0: I believe I've been put on this earth to serve, and I, I get to serve at the best high school in the country. And, and there's nothing like it. I mean, I'll be honest. And there's, you know, there's nothing like being your own boss. Sure, Have I ever looked at it? I'll be honest with you. No one's ever come and laid a contract in my face to that. And that I couldn't say no to,
1: Yeah, Um,
0: you know, and I I think there's probably people who question, well, you know, does he really ever want to leave? No, you know, my dream has always been to, 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 like coach Myers to re- retire from here
1: mm-hmm.
0: but but you know we're in an unbelievable changing landscape I- i'm certainly open to the here and anything but my heart right now bleeds purple and i've got an unbelievable group of young men that i want to go try to win a couple more championships with
1: that's awesome you talked a little bit about the schedule um i definitely want to come check out a game in person this year uh where can people like me who want to come see gonzaga play basketball when when where how When does the season start all that good stuff
0: there's nothing like i mean if you watch college hoops this is little cameron yeah. um our student body's unbelievable um it's, it's there's nothing like playing the packed house uh, win or lose um in the carmody center here on i street so matt i would tell you don't go and watch us at somebody else's gym you'll have a ticket to any of the games you want if oh, it's man. one of the big ones i promise you will have a seat in that gym
1: i will take you up on that
0: i think it'll be worth you coming down and 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 experience experiencing what the atmosphere is what the brotherhood is that is that is i street hoops um and we'd love to have you in in here anytime you want so for those who want to see us anywhere in the wcac is a great place to see us but this year our team will be doing some good traveling Uh, we head to chicago first weekend in December, and we're going to play in an event called the Chicago League Classic, which I think is one of the best-run events in the country. Um, we're going to play at Hoop Hall, uh, Springfield, over the Martin Luther King. We're going to play on Sunday this year. Um, uh, I think our opponent's going to be Hudson Catholic, um, mm-hmm. who we beat last year in New York, so I know they're coming back for blood. Um, our own tournament, the D.C. Classic, which is the second weekend of December, it's the 8th to the 10th. We're bringing in some really, really good teams from out of town, along with some great talented teams here locally. Our local teams will be us, of course, uh, Georgetown Prep, Jackson Reed, who's been arguably the best team in the inner high over the last seven to eight years. Um, I'm having an opportunity to bring back two of my former coaches and uh, Devin Williams over at St. John's Catholic Prep, who's up in the MIAA, and and another MIAA team in uh, Pilates High School, where one of my assistants who just... Just left me, became the head head coach. And then our three teams from out of the area, or I should say out of the state anyway. Um, Christ the King, traditional power out of New York, mm-hmm. Whitney Young, traditional power out of Chicago, mm-hmm. and Archbishop Bryan, who's got a young man uh heading to play for Coach Cooley at Georgetown mm-hmm. a year from a year from now. And uh, that's Archbishop Bryan out of Philly. So gonna be a heck of a tournament.
1: Firepower there. Some some
0: unbelievable games. No gimmies. You better be ready to prepare and be ready for the teams that you're going to play every single night. You know, there's some teams that are going to walk out of here 3-0, and there's going to be a team that walks out of here 0-3, and then some teams that are 2-1 and 1-2. So I think we've put together a good slate that gives all the teams an opportunity to have some great competition to prepare themselves as they go into their league play in January. Then we're heading down for Christmas to a tournament that's had a long-standing tradition, uh, the King Cotton Classic in mm-hmm. uh, the in the in the uh talent level that they've put there has been is gonna be a great one. Ourselves St. Francis from Baltimore, Archbishop Wood from Philly, um mm-hmm. uh Duncanville. They've been yeah, a top huge. five yeah. program for the last five years. Yeah. Uh Tampa Catholic. Uh Pine Bluff is the host team. We got Saint Joe's coming from California. Um uh, there's another uh Christian team uh Arkansas Christian I believe is it's got a couple High major d going guys at at Arkansas. So I'm just going to put my guys as much as I can into some that's unbelievable great. situations to help them be prepared for the best league in the country, which is the WCAC. Yeah,
1: that's a trial by fire, and non-conference season there. Yeah. I, I
0: no, no other choice. I mean, I, yeah. I wouldn't do it any other way, and, and I want to be able to, especially in the landscape, as I said, high school kids are starting to get to be forgotten. I need to make sure that they're in places where they get a chance to be noticed. And, and, and have an opportunity to be seen by by all the colleges all over the country.
1: For anyone listening to this that didn't recognize some of those names, just picture your favorite college basketball players over the last couple of years. They probably played at one of those couple of programs. I mean, that's, that's a, a gauntlet to go through. Um, and I'm sure a lot of that information, the schedule and things are posted on the Gonzaga website. So I'll link to that uh, in the episode description here. So if you're listening to this and you want to check out more info, you'll be able to get that. Uh, coach, as I understand it, um, you're also getting ready to start a podcast of your own. I'm sure all the hoop junkies like me listening to this have found this super insightful. So, if they want to get uh, you know continued on insight from you and, and hear more about this kind of stuff, where can they find the podcast? what's What's the goal with it? What's the flavor? All that kind of stuff. So, I you know
0: when the pandemic hit, uh, myself and at that time our head lacrosse coach Casey O'Neill, mm-hmm. we started. We started. We decided to do a podcast together. We had three strong, really strong seasons and brought in some unbelievable guests. And, and we didn't just talk hoops. We talked life. We yeah. talked everything that was going on, the pandemic itself, um, Black Lives Matter, when that was going on, the women's movement. Um, we have had we had some of the best high school athletes on to people in the professional profession, um, to people who were non, non-athletes and, and in different, different careers and paths. So it'll continue to be a podcast. It's a little bit of everything. Still with a premise around sport. Mm-hmm. Um, but a uh, couple of the places, like we'll be back on all the major podcast platforms. We got to re, kind of re-up getting that back going. But immediate places that you can follow us on Instagram at Turner O'Neill Podcast. Okay. Again, that's at T-U-R-N-E-R-O-N-I-E-L-L Podcast. And then on Twitter, Turn On Podcast. T-U-R-N-O-N podcast and those those will get you to the links of where we'll we'll, we'll host our host our uh, our shows um to our website as as well as to YouTube.
1: And I'll put both of those in the episode description as well for people to to make it easy for them to find them and and obviously I'll be retweeting and things like that along the way and um I look forward to checking that out too. I uh, appreciate it. Uh coach any other final thoughts or parting shots you want to leave uh DMB Hoops fans with before we get out of here? Um I, I can tell you
0: not not only is the WCAC great, there are two other high school conferences in this area that are really really good, and and high school basketball is is is, is, is probably the best ticket in cheap ticket in town. Yeah. you yep. um, bargain there. Um, so if if you're looking for an opportunity to see some some young men and women showcase their talents, get out to some of these high school games this year, whether it be the private leagues, the public leagues, you've got to you got a, you're in a city where basketball is very, very fruitful, um, in, and, in, and, and, and the opportunity to be able to see some great competition and unbelievable talent, uh, take it, take full advantage of it. Certainly love to have you down here on I street, um, checking out my guys and in, in our program. And certainly I, I know you let me plug our, our podcast, but I'm going to plug our, plug our, our team, places where you can follow Gonzaga, um, on IG, Gonzaga, purple hoops and on Twitter, at Gonzaga Hoops. And if you want to just follow good old Coach Turner, I'm on IG, at Coach Steve Turner. Um, love to have you follow. Certainly we will continue to put out as much good content. And, and, and I'm open book. If there's ever anything anyone wants to uh, have an opportunity to come out and see a practice, uh, just wants to get, get, get in and chop up hoops or chop up the DMV, uh, feel free to reach out
1: to me. That's awesome. You've been incredibly generous with your time here. I didn't mean to keep you for the full hour, but it was just so good. I couldn't break it off. I
0: love love it. I love it. So Matt, man, I I appreciate all that you do, and thank thank you for bringing me on. And if there's ever anything I can do for you or or help you out with it, don't have don't ever hesitate to ask.
1: Yeah, vice versa. Again, I want to promote the the school, the program, you the the podcast, all that good stuff. So we'll we'll definitely continue to to check in here along the way. Thank you for doing this, everybody. uh, Like. Like I said at the beginning here, this is as good as it gets for for high school basketball coaching in the country. So um, I hope you learned a lot from this. And uh, Coach Turner, thank you again for everybody. This has been Believe in DMV Hoops. It's under the Believe in Wizards umbrella. So hopefully you like this kind of a spin off pod. And uh, remember to rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. We're presented by betonline.ag, and we will catch you all next time.